I wasn't actually aware of the stats. Good morning and welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's Friday, December the 30th. I'm Tony Haggerty, at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle, as you can see. And I'm joined today by Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald. Good morning, Aidan. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Tony. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Now, first and things first, we'll direct you to the ticker tape running along the bottom. And it's our December festive deal. And you know what I'm going to say. Yes, you can have one of two deals. Time's running out, guys. You know the, you know the drill. You can enjoy two months of of access, full access to everything that's written on the website for a pound. Princely sum of a pound aid in great value that is. Or you can get 25% off the yearly subscription rate, which takes it down to £26. And all for the click of a button, you know the drill. You join us, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's a, a pound for two months of access to everything that's written on the website. And we've got some wonderful stuff coming up over the holiday period. Or 26 quid, 25% off the yearly rate. Can't say fairer than that, Aidan. Got some wonderful stuff coming up, haven't we? Yeah, there's lots of good features coming up. Uh, tactics pieces such as uh, uh, trying to be tactics pieces based off uh, transfer targets, uh, scouting as well, etc. Uh, big interviews from yourself, Tony features. So there's we've got you sort of covered from all different sorts of directions in terms of Celtic coverage. So get yourself involved and subscribe if you haven't already. Now, first things first, Aidan, a rather poignant and sad way to start the day. Planet Football's lost a global icon with the death of Pele, who to some generations is the greatest footballer of all time. That, that'll that be argued between now and uh, eternity, but there you have it. But on the website today, guys, I'll direct you to a feature that I wrote when, and I'll flick this up, Aidan, and all I can say is the two circles. There's yours truly in the presence of true greatness, standing there hanging on to his every word as he spoke about football. It was a night arranged by Peter McLean, who's just standing to the, the right of Pelly in the yellow tie, former Celtic PR man. And it was called An Evening with Pelly, and he invited journalists along to pick his brains about football. And just being in that room, it's... it's quite indescribable, although I've tried to describe it. It's the first chapter of the new book, but I've written a truncated version for the website, guys. If you want to check that out, you'll see that photo. And, uh, yeah, you can read my thoughts on the loss of uh, of Pele. For older generations, like my dad's generation, Aiden, he is the greatest footballer of all time. Uh, your generation, it'll be Messi, my generation, possibly Maradona, but this guy was just... He is one of the best transcended football and like Muhammad Ali has a wonderful claim to be called the greatest. Let, let us know your thoughts guys as well, uh, any memories of Pele because he talked about the night they played Scotland in 1966, Stevie Chalmers who scored the European Cup final winning goal for Celtic, scored in the first minute, uh, it finished one each and uh, yeah, he spoke about all sorts of things and it was just brilliant to stand there, I mean look how close you are to greatness there, Aidan, just uh, and 
everything he said, I was, as I say, I was transfixed. I might look as if I'm, I'm just the picture of concentration there as he's speaking. I just like, it was me and him in the room. I was just staring straight at him. And it's, uh, yeah, one of the one of the most surreal and, and great moments in sport, even just to stand there beside someone like Pele. Yeah, I, I can only imagine how good that must have been. <laughs> and it looks like a really great night. And as you were saying, particularly for maybe like older generations, past uh, years and minds, that Pele is sort of the main man. And when you look at the stats and what he achieved, it's easy to see why, you know, Three, I'm not repeating anything that's not been said before, but obviously he's won the World Cup three times, scoring a couple of goals in a World Cup final when you're only 17. I mean, that's that's crazy. Uh, obviously, in sort of recent times, I think Mbappe, he did get a couple of goals or at least a goal in the 2018 World Cup final. But, you know, to get two goals in a World Cup final when you're 17 is, is amazing. Yeah. That just shows you how good a player he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, with the comments coming in, Pele uh, took the yellow jersey. And never let it go, says David Ferguson. Fair enough, I tend to agree with that. And Pelly was the first goat, says Andrew Gallia. Yeah, I mean, depending on what era you were born in. My father swears by Pelly. Uh, Michael Duffin, saying pure legend, the best. I mean, that's uh, you can't argue with that. Uh, and on in the piece, there's a I think there's a, a wonderful uh, a wonderful tribute to those who didn't hear it, and I've tagged it on at the end. These are Cafu's words, the Brazilian World Cup winner Cafu, when, and he said he was asked his thoughts, and he said this, Pele dies. This news is not accurate. Pele will never die. Pele will never leave us. Pele will never cease to exist. Pele is eternal. Pele is king. Pele is unique. You just went to rest a little bit. I don't think you could sum it up any more than that, Eden. No, no, that's uh, a really, really nice <laughs> way to sort of look at it, isn't it? And that's obviously from a sort of well-renowned Brazilian international on his own right, played in the three World Cup finals in a row. I think. Yeah, uh, one of the only one of the only kind of sort of players to ever do that. Won the World Cup twice, so yeah. That, that is a, it's a nice way to look at it, and I'd imagine that's where a lot of Brazilian people in particular will be looking back on sort of Pele's genius. Lots of comments coming in. Pele's layoff to Carlos Alberto to score the best goal ever scored versus Italy in the World Cup final. Brilliant team goal that is. Uh, Alan, I agree with that. It's up there with arguably the best ever goal scored in, in a well, it was the best ever goal scored in the World Cup final, but best ever goal scored in the World Cup finals. I'll I'll conjecture Maradona's against England, but Patrick McLaughlin says, best goal I've seen, Alan. Yep, of course, it's uh, all down to personal opinion. And I love this from Charlie McGarvey. Pele signed his book to George Best from the second best player in the world. There you go. Pele rated George Best very highly. Uh, and he, he, he even said he could have been a Brazilian. Uh, but yeah, some wonderful comments and tributes coming into Pele. Keep them coming, guys. It's... Uh, it's you know, it's, it brings back a, a wonderful cherished career memory for myself, just standing in that uh, hotel room in the Crown Plaza uh, in Glasgow. And it was his only night on a British tour. He was doing a Q&A and people had paid up to £900, Aidan, just to hear his thoughts on football. And as I say, that I'm never lose sight that it's quite an honour and a privilege to do what we do for a living. And I think that photo says it all, really, you know, we, the kind of privileged position you get yourself in and I mentioned in the piece that 
I'm just a humble wee man from East Kilbride, and there I am standing beside arguably the greatest footballer to ever live. So, yeah, I uh, never lose sight of that. But yeah, guys, comments are coming in. Frank Brennan, when I think of Pele, I smile immediately and think of that simply outstanding 1970 World Cup winning team in Mexico, beating Italy 4-1, and also Pele's header against England in the Gordon Bank save. Yeah, lots of people have their, their own outstanding memories of, of Pele, but yeah. Planet Football is uh, poorer today, Aidan, for that news, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's never nice when obviously like legends pass away, and unfortunately, just in general, there's been quite a lot of that over the last few years. Obviously, Maradona, I think you'll probably yes. remember better than me talking about that. It was like 2020, a couple of years ago, I think it was, he passed yes. away, and then obviously Pele, but you know, that you know, people are never going to forget how brilliant these guys were, regardless of how long ago it was. And one particularly with Pele, it was a wee bit longer ago. I think I was reading his last game was 1977, so. Also, it's been a while since he's played, but I think that's maybe something else that gets sort of maybe not undervalued but overlooked a wee bit. That he sort of was a big part of playing over in America and bringing football over there to an extent and sort of, in a way, probably launching it really over there as yeah, a sort it, of it, competitive cause, sport. Yeah, because the renaissance of uh, uh, soccer, as they call it in America, and there's a brilliant story and it's captured in the film Once in a Lifetime and in a book of the same name once in a lifetime and there's a big powwow with warner brothers i think they owned the kind of new york cosmos and then the chief execs were having a wee powwow and they were trying to see how they could make football we'll call it football it's never soccer big in america right and one of the guys swung back in his chair this is 1975 and he said you want to make football big in america sign pelly and that's what they did I guess they were being backed by the Warner Brothers and they sang Pelly and the, the rest, as it says, history. And Beckenbauer went over there, George Best, uh, Carlos Alberto went over there as well, Shingelia, you know, uh, Rodney Mars, all sorts of players that ended up going over to America and enjoyed, yeah, cause, because of Pelly, basically. There was kind of razzmatazz uh, and, you know, there was all that kind of around the New York scene at that time. All sorts of celebrities went to went along to see the New York Cosmos. So, I mean, he, he, and it was all down to one guy, Pelly. Pelly made football big noise in America with the 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 soccer league, as they called it, the North American Soccer League, the NESL. And there would be no MLS if it wasn't for the likes of Pelly, you know, to, to this day, because he, 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 made it, he made it a big deal. And, you know, I, I think he signed a, an unbelievable multi-million dollar contract to go to the Cosmos, but... Hey, you want to go there? You've got to get them there. So yeah, and uh, it was it was boom and bust basically for a few years. It was the boom time, you know, and I think uh, lots of people enjoyed it. But again, like Muhammad Ali, as I said, can I transcend your sport and you lay the biggest claim to arguably being the greatest of all time? People will argue that time of perpetual motion, and it's, that's that's the way it is. But yeah, he, he legend genius doesn't really cover it, does it, Aidan? You hey, know, it, it's kind of hard to put like individual words in terms of <laughs> how how great Pele was. Obviously, for me, a lot of it is just kind of watching back old footage. But it's clear to see. I mean, just when we mentioned him over in America, some of the goals he scored over there was yes. There's an overhead kick, I think, that's been doing the rounds and compilations. Well, there's been two. One that I think um, I'm, it looked like he scored for Santos, but the other one, yeah, I think I just recognised the strip. I think it was for New York Cosmos and. Yeah, it was 
like you say, the fact that he basically, in a way, basically set up football in a whole country as big as America is just testament for the man. Like even if he hadn't achieved all the, uh, you know, World Cups and individual yeah. uh, sort of accolades with Santos, if he just went and did that in America, that would be enough. But, you know, near the end of his career, he was still revolutionising the game, which probably says a lot about the guy. Forgot the most important overhead kick, Aiden, with the, with the broken arm, or more or less a sore shoulder, and uh, escaped to victory when he was, <laughs> he was 40, and he, he scored for the Allies. Victoire, victoire, victoire. You, you know, you've seen the film 1981 with Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anybody who loves football has not seen that film. And, kind of, and I don't know if it's apocryphal, but I was reading this morning that Sylvester Stallone was getting a bit annoyed at all the kind of publicity that Pele was getting. <laughs> he seemingly challenged him to a penalty kick competition. Pele scored 10 out of 10 and then saved all 10 of Sylvester Stallone's. <laughs> don't know how apocryphal that is, but I'd love to think that was true. I would love to think that was true. Uh, I hope it is. The stars uh, were really not, Tony. We're all about stars. Yeah, I was reading it this morning and I thought, oh, please be true. Please be true. That would just be magic, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, the. No one had kicking escape to victory with a with a sore arm and all. Now only Pele could do that. Aiden. None of the rest of us mere mortals could do to perform an act like that, especially at forty years of age. I believe he was when he did that. So there you go, guys. Thanks a lot for your comments. Uh, obviously, he touched everybody who loves football. Uh, just seen this from the comments coming in, and it's it's just a it was a sad day yesterday with you know with the passing away of a, of another footballing legend, Aiden. Yeah, no, it's like I was mentioning earlier, it's always sad when the uh, sort of legends of the game pass away, but I think Kafu's comments, that's that's a really nice way to put it, to be honest. Oh. Probably the nicest way, very, very eloquent, just in terms of to show like, how much he meant to so many people and how, you know, even though he's sadly passed on, people are never going to forget him and his legacy. I mean, like the first World Cup final was 1958, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that is a while ago and people still talk about it. So, <laughs> and then obviously the 1970 team, that is probably the sort of Brazil team that in the kind of Pele moments they get the most press, rightfully so. Could argue that's maybe the best individual team ever, not just World Cups, could argue, just slash club yeah. size or anything. So, yeah, I, I think that in particular will be remembered for a long time. Yeah, you heard my voice there when I was reading Kafu's comments and I was getting a bit choked up and emotional reading it because, yeah, it just, I think to to sum up someone like that, yeah, as you say, it's a kind of perfect epitaph for him, isn't it, you know, so yeah, there you go. Well, there you go, even we spoke about a legend for 15 minutes, not even mentioned Celtic, so we'll go on to Celtic now. And first yeah. and foremost, Aidan, we'll, we'll actually talk about a game that's happening today, 2 o'clock. Celtic B versus Rangers B at uh, Celtic Park. Hoping they're hoping to get a, a big crowd in for that, Aiden. I'd like to think they would get a big crowd in for that. And if any of the Celtic B lads wanted any encouragement about what can happen if you do well in these kind of games and in the, the Celtic B games, Rocco Vata got uh, minutes, first team game minutes the other night, Aiden. So that's all the more reason for busting a gut to impress because the pathway is there now by the looks and sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, that's been quite evidence of, you know, players being able to get a chance for the first team eh, based off their B-team exploits. You know, it's not like Vata's been away out and loan or anything like that. He's very much been in working with Arnold Day's team, McManus in the B-team. Obviously, he's been in international duty as well at youth level the Republic of Ireland. But, you know, Vata's had a good season. I think it's 
I did a news hit on him yesterday. It was ten goals uh, and a two, one or two assists. I think in twenty three odd games. So he's uh, he's been playing well and he's got his rewards for that for the first team. So yeah, it's uh, obviously a bit of interesting game today at Celtic Park. It, it's one that really Celtic B need to win because they are sort of slipping down the table. You but they're currently sitting six. Rangers B are very much the form team in that in that yeah. old pony that they're sitting top. They've had a very good season. So yeah, it's going to be a tough one. But if they were to win this match, I've also got a couple of games in hand. So they went in their favour down the line. Because near the start of the season they were sort of in that top two or three, but they have dropped down a wee bit. They've had a few games postponed, which yes. obviously nothing they can do. I think earlier on the season they had a couple of games postponed as well due to them taking part in the AFA Youth League. And then recently with, with the weather and the cold snap over the World Cup break, they had a few more games that were off as well. But before that, I think they'd won two out of the last four, so they were on an okay run. But uh, yeah, this, this is a chance for them today to sort of get a statement victory. I've put in a link to an article I did with James McPake, who's Dunfermline team, played them in the SPFL Trophy. And Dunfermline uh, B1-2-1, but he said that the exact carbon copy of Andy's first team you can see it in the way they played. Uh, it's on the website there, the links there. If you want to have a read at that, guys, you'll see, uh, James McPig talks about the comparisons. And it's a nice wee insight into uh, how the team play. Michael Duffin comes in here and says, he's gone £10 for adults, £5 for children. That's that's a good deal. And I, as I say, Celtic have made a big deal about it and they've, they've bigged it up all across their social media channels. And if you're looking for something to do, guys, I would uh, urge you to go along and support the B team cause, and see what's coming through the ranks, Aidan, because it's always nice to cheer the boys on and be good to see them play in front of a, a big crowd today. Yeah, and it gives you what, a wee preview for players that could be, you know, significant features in the first team going forward. Uh, Rocco Vattles already having minutes, players like Boston Wall, etc. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see how it goes and just to reiterate it as sort of a game that they really need to win the B team. Uh, to sort of force our way back up the league. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting one and should be good for, for the young players as well, getting to play in a decent-sized crowd. I think the, the whole main stand's open for it, Tony. So, yeah. uh, that's a good opportunity. And I've heard the point of people going to it because the prices are so good. It's probably hit that sweet spot where it's a day when there's not any games, but also yeah. in between Christmas and New Year without being obviously on Hogmanay, etc. So, yeah, I think it should be a good one. And it's also as well, as you say, if they play in front of a big crowd, just get them used to that. If they do get promoted to the first team and it doesn't become, you know, it becomes second nature to them. I, I'd like to think that they will get a decent crowd today and there'll be a good atmosphere generated and also that they'll get the result. Yeah, fingers crossed. The hint and playing in front of the big crowds like that, that can only be a positive, to be honest. So, yep, well, hopefully it goes all right for them. Excellent. Now, there's a small matter of association football on Monday, Aidan, I believe. I saw Tony, I didn't There is indeed. It's happening down Govanway. If you weren't aware of it, you'll certainly be aware now. Rangers versus Celtic, January 2nd. Celtic nine-point lead at the top of the Scottish Premiership table. Now, Aidan, we will do our predicted 11s and we will talk about them on Monday. But having watched Celtic destroy Hibs, now on Wednesday night. Has your 11 changed from what you initially had in your head or are you still weighing it up who to play? 
Uh, so uh, obviously we, we don't want to reveal too much about it ahead of the predicted XI articles, but uh, it's actually changed one. I would mentioned it to you briefly off air, Tony, uh, in the group chat. I think it's changed one player. I, I've, I've sort of moved about just from before the Hibs game, like uh, then after the way that he played in that match, I think they can't leave him out. And I'll not say who I think he's going to replace because I don't want to obviously spoil the stuff that's to come. But I think Aaron Moy has got to be in there against Rangers. And uh, I know we, we'd had a wee bit of a, not a, yeah, a wee bit of debate about it between me, you and Sean in the group chat when I'd said that. But I just think he was uh, putting a really solid contribution, Tony, uh, against uh, Hibs. Not just his goals. Obviously, they're the sort of highlights and what people remember. And that was good for him to get off the mark, particularly to score from the penalty spot because Celtics had a bit of an issue with that. The, the few penalties I've had this season, I think the majority mm-hmm. of them have been missed, haven't they? So uh, it was good to see him hit the back of it. But I thought overall the way he played in terms of his passing, his control of the midfield. I know Hibs are quite open. I know Rangers is going to be a tougher game if it being at Ibrox. But I think Aaron Moy really sort of stepped up to the plate. And really for me, he's got to play now based off what I've seen. Well, Joe Paul says Moy, very succinct. And then he comes in and says O'Reilly out, so he's he's on board with what you're saying there, uh, Aidan. And Daz eighty eight says he picked Moy McGregor and O'Reilly. Uh, Sean Curran says Moy on form, so keep him in. It's a uh, personal preference now, isn't it? Wombat comes in and says what? Easy for me to say, Aidan. Moy a must and Maida. So there's a lots of people. Uh, Agreeing with you, Aidan, Andrew Gillier comes in. They'll try and pressure McGregor. Moy will always present another out option. Uh, and Mark, he says he'd play Moy in a four-man midfield on Monday. That's a, an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, Max Stark, Moy, McGregor, Hatate. Uh, and John M comes in and says, we'll try and flip up John M's. O'Reilly will play ahead of Moy, in my opinion. Moy... It, Matt O'Reilly's an Ange favourite for these kind of games. There you go. Uh, Steve McGrory comes in. Morning, Steve. How you doing? Ange may well bring in a right back, keep the midfield as it is, and play Hatati wide right up front. That would give us good control of the midfield, and we can bring on wingers from the bench. Would you say to that, Aidan, Steve saying? Uh... Yeah, I, I think that that could be an option. I, I, I don't think the manager will really differ from just in terms of tactics. I know there was a few mentions of a four-man midfield. I, I just think he'll sort of play his usual formation, Tony. I mean, he went and played the exact same way against Real Madrid away at the Bernabeu, didn't he? So <laughs> that's what I use as a sort of template in terms of how he's going to play. I think probably the one exception to Andrew's formation though was that game against St. Johnson on Boxing Day 2021. That was very much due to the limited, you know, it was like half a squad they had at his disposal because of injuries and a sort of COVID going into the squad. So uh, that's, I only played a back three that day, but I think they've literally couldn't do anything else. So yeah. apart from that, I can't see him different his formation. I, in terms of, I, I don't know if we're going to come on to it, but obviously the right back situation. With, you know, is he going to play Ranovich? Is he going to play Hattati? Is he going to throw Johnson in? There's quite a few things he could do. Obviously, yeah. Sean Sean touched on it yesterday that, you know, Ranovich actually made his debut at Ibrox, just in terms of talking about like a full-back sort of curveball. He played at left-back that day, eh, back last. 
September, September 2021, I think that game was. Uh, so there is sort of precedent for him making a change in terms of fullback. It'll be interesting to see what happens because I think that is predictable. Yeah, we'll touch upon the 11s on Monday. We'll, we'll be here on Monday before the game to preview all of that and uh, see what the... Well, don't know if the team will be out at that moment in time, but we'll certainly do our predicted 11s, Aidan, and uh, discuss them on Monday morning. But Michael Ross is saying, play the guys on forum. So I take it he's wanting Moy to stay in and the likes of Maida to stay in. Chill Pill says O'Reilly has gone off forum recently. I wrote in my man by mans the other night that I thought O'Reilly was off it uh, slightly the other night. So I guess it's uh, what the manager, but the manager does like O'Reilly, doesn't he? Picked him for all the big games. So yeah, Chilp- right, right, right back. Yeah, uh, Chilp- sorry, uh, Chilp- want Hatati at right back. Uh, so that's that's uh, that'll all come out in the fullness of time, Aiden. But yeah, O'Reilly's a, he's a big game player. He's played in all the big matches, hasn't he so far? Yeah, really. He, pretty much since he came in. I mean, he was thrown in that game away at Timecastle, wasn't he? he? Just he's one that. Just about plays all the time really at this point, somewhat McGregor. I know uh, this season it has been a wee bit more succinct because it has mostly been McGregor and Hattati. Obviously, that sort of January spell at the start of the year after the initial like really purple patch Hattati, you know, he said he was struggling with fatiguing that he did drop in and out, but O'Reilly mostly just kept playing all the time. So, yeah, he's very much a, a main guy for Ange. So, you're definitely a Moy starter, and I take it Maida starts as well in your team. After the other night, yeah, I think by that rationale, I think Maida is undroppable as well. To be honest, Tony, and uh, he's probably another one that before that game, if you'd said he wasn't starting, some people might have been like, mm, but I, I think he's just, he, I think he's been excellent re- recently. Uh, I know he, he had a wee bit of a tough start to the season, and uh, the people were saying, oh. You know, he shouldn't be anywhere near the team was probably some of the extreme reactions that I've seen online to it, Tony, which I, I would have fundamentally disagreed with. But he's uh, been really good. And not, he was another one the other night. It wasn't just because his goals. I know he missed a couple of chances as well, but getting in those positions, some of his movement and his pressing was superb. And it could be a really important aspect for keeping Rangers as both wingers and fullbacks on his side pinned back, which we know how much they use our fullbacks in terms of getting forward. So that was sort of a hallmark of... Uh, them under Stephen Gerrard, which also Michael Beale was involved in coaching, and it kind of died in a wee bit under Van Bronckhorst, but it seems to be casually creeping back into their game as well. I say creeping, it must be like a, a tactical plan, so I think having Maida could be an important feature. The manager touched upon Maida's contribution and talked about the, the dirty jobs that people don't kind of notice, his defensive chores and stuff, and I mentioned it myself, and the, the ratings that he, he does everything, he ticks every every box for the manager and he loves his application and his attitude and he said he, he doesn't think he's, he's underrated to an extent but he's not underrated by the manager you know the manager knows exactly what he called him selfless and then I wrote the piece yesterday that I said well he's got a, a team full of selfless players but Maida especially typified that selfless that he, he gives himself for the team whether he's scoring or defending or just contributing you know he's he swung over the cross for Moyes first goal for the club so he was involved in a lot, missed two headers. One he went for a diving header. I don't know why he went with a diving header, the first one. And then the second one was an absolute sitter, wasn't it? But he was heavily involved in a lot of 
what was good about Celtic the other night. And I think the manager was sort of taking that chance to just say, remember what Maida brings to the table. Yeah, I think it was quite important that Ange said that because I think in the eyes of some fans, he maybe does go a wee bit amiss in terms of sometimes where he should be getting a bit more praise than he actually does because he can be so important to how the manager wants to play. And I think people are maybe hoping in the Champions League that particularly when you were away from home, he would maybe offer a wee bit more just in terms of, well, not nobody can question his work ethic, but just in terms of maybe pressing the opposition. But I thought he, he did all right in the Champions League. I know he missed a couple of chances. There was one at home at Leipzig, one at home at Real Madrid, but I thought he was okay at that level to an extent. But yeah, yeah I think he's a really important player for how Andrew wants to play. And I'm not going to deny that the way every manager would want to play, he wouldn't always fit into their sort of plans. But for the way Ange Postnikov wants to set up a team, he's very much the ideal player for him, which is why he obviously signed him at Yokohama as well. Correct. Now, speaking of signings, or potential signings, uh, Stuart Ross has done another piece on the website, and he, uh, I'll just try and get that there, on Quan. He's done a, a, a scouting report on Quan, and if you want to have a look at that, I'll put the link in. Yes, there it's there, Aidan. Excellent. The link will be in, and you can have a read of it on the website, and as usual, Stuart Ross was a wonderful job with the scouting pieces, Aidan. Uh, and that's the latest to be linked with Celtic, South Korean player, Aidan. Now, hopefully, Iwata will join the club as soon as possible. But Kwon's the latest one, and it's it's more than a, a kind of rumour now. So that's why we've did the scouting report. Seems to be a, a lot more uh, meat to the bones on that one. Yeah, I based off the reports yesterday uh, from sort of South Korea itself, they were saying that Celtic had made a, I think it was a large offer, a significant offer, well, the exact words, uh, must be somebody that the club's obviously been interested in. He is a sort of midfielder that can play a defensive midfielder, which I know is a sort of similar profile to Awata, but it's a position that really outside of Callum McGregor, I know Matt O'Reilly came in and he did really well there, but you'd also rather have him further forward. So behind McGregor, there isn't really much depth because... You're sitting with Idiguchi, who I, I I think he's looked okay in his cameos, but it's clear that between injuries, I thought of all reason he's probably not going to make it at Celtic. I think that's a fair assumption after almost a year at the club. Uh, you've got you know James McCarthy, who's another one. I know he's injured right now, but he's not going to make it either. It's just not worked out for whatever reason. Uh, then Abelgard, who's barely kicked a ball since he came in, and then yeah, well that's that's it, isn't it? Really, that's three players who are there who are really. Yeah struggling in different ways to sort of get any sort of impact. Even when Callum McGregor was out injured, it was Matt O'Reilly the manager turned to rather than kind of recognise yeah. players in that position. So I think there's a bit of depth needed in there. And I know maybe some people are thinking, oh, are Celtic going to sign two defensive midfielders? Maybe they aren't. But I think if they did, I would be okay with that. Assuming that you're obviously clearing players like Adiguchi and that out or they're moving on to open up spaces because it's good to have competition in the squad and that that's obviously the number six position is somewhere that the manager has clearly identified as we need to get some depth in based off these rumours anyway. Yeah, Jason Lee comes in and says he likes it that Ange is focusing on the defensive positions. So it's clearly something that the selfish supporters want to see happen as well. Bring in, as you say, cover if because they're light on cover for McGregor in the six position 
let's put it that way. And Andrew Galea says Iwata can also play central defence. Yes, indeed, we we're aware of that central defence midfielder, isn't he? So uh, I think the manager likes that versatility with players, doesn't he, at times? Yeah, and that, that could be another reason that they potentially do sign both of these players or one of them in another defensive midfielder if it's a lot that comes in, for example, because he could be another option in the back four. So uh, he sometimes could fill in as a six, but he's not maybe not going to be always doing that. So, yeah, I think it's there's a chance that both of them could come in, Tony, to be honest, or two players in that position anyway, even if it's not these two. Yes, indeed. Now, this is our last uh, show until the new year, even until Monday. But we've got lots of things coming up, uh, stuff on the website that you can read. I'll just give you a wee flavour. There's Kevin McKenna's 2023 predictions, Aiden. We had a wee sneak preview of that last night, which is uh, very funny indeed. Now, I've written a kind of perfect January transfer window piece, which will be going up live on the site soon. I've also did Ange Postacoglu in quotes, uh, a year in quotes, which is, uh, you'll enjoy that as well. And I believe, Aidan, you've had a look at the, the New Year derbies in the past few years, haven't you? And you've kind of had a wee cast your eye over them, haven't you? Yeah, that was an interesting article to write, Tony. Uh, looking for those stats. <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'll not spoil it. I know people can go back and look at the, the results, or like myself, I'm sure there's plenty of those games that they were at. But uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting, an interesting read anyway, Tony. Yeah, you've analysed it. I should say. I don't yeah, like you've it. Analyzed... <laughs> it's going to be an interesting read. Uh, you know. You've analysed those games, haven't you? The New Year games. Yeah. So, as I say, there's something I've been obviously the game coverage on Monday as well as well as the, the podcast. So there's something there for everybody, some big reads and all that kind of stuff that's on, on the website. And as you say, come coming across the, the next couple of days. So you won't be short of a thing or two to read, Aidan, on the website, despite the fact that it's Hugmanay and New Year's Day and the, and the build-up to uh, the Glasgow Derby at Ibrooks on January the 2nd, which everybody's looking forward to now, Aidan. Yeah, it'll be a... It'll be an interesting one. Obviously, I know we're going to uh, preview it on the day on Monday, which will be quite good to get that. Um, wouldn't usually get the chance to do an actual preview before a game, but just with it being a Monday and it being, uh, you know, a, an afternoon kickoff, where we're obviously on in the morning, so we're able to do that. It'll be an interesting one, Tony. Uh, obviously, I won't go into any predictions for the result or anything like that. A wee bit of time to think about that over. <laughs> uh, celebrations, and then we can discuss it the weekend. <laughs> discuss it on Monday, sorry. Yes, indeed, indeed, we will. We'll be back on Monday morning, ten o'clock ish. Aaron, I'll say ten o'clock ish. Yeah, Monday the the second of January to preview the big game. But for now, we'll call it a day there. I'll I'll say to you, have a fabulous Friday, and also have a wonderful New Year when it comes, guys. Thanks for joining. Thanks for your comments throughout the year. We, we couldn't do it without you. I keep saying this, but we've built up a tremendous community on the Celtic way and we really enjoy the interaction. And I hope you have a tremendous and prosperous new year. And hope you have a wonderful time when it comes. Aidan, thank you for your contribution today. Outstanding as always. And I'll, and I'll just draw your attention. If you haven't already, a couple of days, guys, take advantage of the... Merry Christmas and festive deal that we've got going. You can get 25% off the yearly subscription rate, which takes that down to 26 quid. 
a wonderful deal. Or if you subscribe, you can enjoy two months of full access to everything that's written on the website for the princely sum of a pound. Can't say fairer than that, Aidan, can we? No, you cannot, Tony. You cannot. And all you have to do is click a button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Happy New Year, guys, when it comes. And we say, obrigado, Pele. Thank you for everything. Take care, guys. All the best. Cheers, guys.